Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm. what? Every Bears post. It's either draft, I see who you follow. Uh, nah, it's either I see who you follow. It's either draft Caleb. So it's like, bro. Man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. We want like it's annoying. We want yeah. it. Like, it's just, bro, like, it's time. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, The Score. All the brothers in the league have their own podcast, and the St. Brown brothers got Justin Fields as a guest. Is he going on the Kelsey show now? I doubt How's it. that going to work? I don't think that he has a – uh, relationship with either the Kelseys where he's throwing them the football. He is <laughs> the quarterback for Ekmanunius St. Brown. And I wish that he were the quarterback for his brother as well. But yeah, I think that was part of it. And that's part of the the relaxed nature that you saw. He was able to let his guard down with a teammate and a friend and they was teasing him and they, they got the, uh, they got all the references and it was fun. It was fun because I don't know if this was scheduled before the whole Instagram flap or saga, mm. but it was well-timed, and I think that Justin Fields represented himself pretty well, regardless of his take on LeBron James. Uh, we want to remind you, this Sunday is the Chris Chelios jersey retirement game, and this morning you will have your last chance to win a pair of tickets to that game uh, number seven goes to the rafters. Kaner is back. The Blackhawks host the Red Wings. It's this Sunday at the United Center. You're going to have a chance to win a pair of tickets, and that's courtesy of Bud Light. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy. You might see Michael Jordan walking around. You might see Wayne Gretzky walking around. Come you on. might see Patrick Kane on the ice. Kane versus Bedard, Jordan and Gretzky. Chelios with the speech. It's going to be a great day. Yeah, no doubt about it. That, that is uh, that's all highlight stuff on Sunday, and uh, it'll be a ton of fun. We um, are giving away those tickets, so make sure that you stay tuned because you got a chance to go, which is just wonderful. Thank you to the people from Bud Light for that. Um, we've been talking about Justin Fields and, and where he's at. And, and, you know, look, I get it. You know, the, it's incumbent upon the Bears to do what is best for the future of the organization, for the team, in the right now and in the uh, immediate future. And it, that is the harsh reality is that they did use a first-round pick on Justin Fields. You know, super bizarre the way that went down, where you keep Matt Nagy and you keep uh, Ryan Pace and you allow them to draft a quarterback 
uh, and then you and then you immediately end up firing those guys a year later. So there's been nothing but turnover for Justin Fields, and he hasn't been in the same system, and they've tried different coaches with him, and you could argue that the Bears haven't done right with him. They haven't done uh, – And you'd be right. Uh, no question You could win about that it. argument yes. easily. Yes, and, and you know, they – discovered his running ability in the second year he was here, and then they tried to revert back to making him a pocket passer in the third year he's here, and then finally they kind of understand how he's going to play, and they 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 scale down the playbook. I thought, I thought that um, Olin Krutz made a great point yesterday, which is one of the things he'd like to do before he makes a decision like this would be to talk – with Luke Getze and find out how much of the playbook they had to throw out, how much they had to tear up, what the guy can do and what he can't do, what they came to a conclusion about. Probably too late. Don't you think they have an exit? They know. I'm sure they've already done that. Um, He also said, you know, Lincoln Riley, I got to know what went wrong here. What went wrong there? Why did, why did he take a step back on the year? We know there were, you know, protection issues and, and all the rest of it. You know, uh, Dustin often talks about that Notre Dame game. If you go back and look at that game, I think he played well in the second half of that game. So he did sort of adjust within the game there. That was a bad game for the offensive line from USC. Sure it was. And the Notre Dame defense rose to the occasion, and Caleb Williams did not start well. But he finished strong. That's going to be the game people point to because it was the – game most people watched yeah. and can familiar with. Right. Look, when it comes to Justin Fields, yes, I'm sure that they know what went wrong. I'm sure that they know what his a, limitations they are. They know his limitations. Yes. They, they have a better sense of how to divide the blame pie, if you will, for 2023 Absolutely. last year between Luke Getze and Justin Fields. But I think that, Molly, it, it seems, and you could almost hear it in Justin Fields' voice, you can see it by all the things that are said and some of the things that aren't said. It's inevitable that the Bears are likely to trade Justin Fields so much to the point where now there are odds on the team and there are you know people betting on his next home. Falcons are the favorite. You got the Steelers involved and the Patriots. Certainly the Broncos and the Washington Commanders. It, you could place bets on all of those. But it seems like Atlanta, because of their need, because of maybe his – being him being a, a Georgia sure, native, sure, and Justin Fields addressed yeah. the homecoming possibility, and he talked about that on the podcast with the St. Brown brothers. Atlanta would be tough. I, the only con of going back home is just people hitting my phone crazy. Yeah, you know, wanting tickets to the game. But I mean, uh, I think I think they got a lot of play playmakers on the team, and um, of course Bijan. They got my boy Kyle, and then of course Drake too. Um, they probably need one more receiver. But um, they definitely got some guys over there. And their defense was good this year, they too. Good so. defense last year. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? One more receiver. One more receiver. One more receiver, please, sir. Yes. So I think that was uh, the pre-ordered receiver from the quarterback to be in Atlanta. I think there are a lot of, lot of reasons why that would make sense. What would they give up? What what is he worth? Is it a second round pick with the Falcons? Well, I don't think you give him away unless you're getting a second round pick. I think well, he's. I think. Th- I think there are enough people um, looking for a quarterback that you can get a second round pick. If you're the Falcons, you're picking eighth overall. Plus, plus, 
Yes, plus. I agree. I like the plus part. Yes. If you're the Falcons and you're drafting eighth overall, would you be more likely to give up a second-round pick for Justin Fields or use your eighth pick on, say, J.J. McCarthy, who some people have mocked in the top ten at that spot because the Falcons need a quarterback? Um, or both? It's a really good question. Um, I I feel like, that it, you know, this is this is the greatest stuff going. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, you know. Mike Glennon showing up uh, to the draft to watch them take a quarterback. Uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, then going to Pittsburgh, and and I don't think he was at the draft party, but he did watch them take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I think that that um, if you're Justin Fields, can you imagine leaving the Bears and they and they have drafted J.J. McCarthy behind you, so you get a year to prove in Atlanta whether. You were good Maybe. enough in Chicago. Maybe a year. I, man, I mean, that's, <laughs> Maybe five that's, games. That's a problem. See, that, that would be tough. I but, think J.J. McCarthy, I like him a lot. I think he's he's kind of one of those guys that's a bit of a gem. Um, you know, the problem is, like, it's draft time, so I like everyone. <laughs> so you want to kind of round them all up and bring them in. I'm most intrigued by J.J. McCarthy of all the players at the Combine next week. I'm very curious to see what he does, how he in, engages, and what the reactions are to him. Do you think he'll do everything, or do you think he'll wait for his pro day like most I don't know. I, yeah. I hope he does everything. I'm not quite sure what he would be encouraged to do. I think if you're J.J. McCarthy, you have a lot to prove because you still have doubts about some things. that You, you weren't asked to do a lot at Michigan, or as, as much to do – you weren't asked to do as much as some other quarterbacks who are entering the league who might have may have had more experience in, in a high-level passing what game. What if the Chargers were to draft him? I think, if he fell to a point where they drafted him and you got J.J. coming in behind like a really good quarterback, but you got a new coach and this is his guy. Jim Harbaugh has carte blanche right now. He can do no wrong okay. and he would be able to explain it away. He could probably get away with that because Justin Herbert, you could say – well, you always want to be protected against an injury because you don't want to have a huge okay. drop-off. I'm not saying they will do that, but I hope J.J. McCarthy goes in the first round. Yeah. But if you're Justin Fields and you're looking at it, and yeah, you know that is conceivable. They trade for Justin Fields. They draft a quarterback at eight. The question in that is that when will this deal commence? Well, it, when, it when will to, it happen? Yes. Do you think it will be before the free agency? It, it has to be done before, I believe it's May 1st, right? Is that the, is that the league calendar uh, will turn over? And I believe the $22 million would become – Well, that's the fifth-year option. Yeah, that, but that – The league, that the league would, year begins in March. But I think it's, there's a May 1st or 2nd date that has to do with contract stuff. So I think that if you're going to trade Justin Fields, the time to do it – would be to negotiate with teams while you're at the combine. When you hear they're going to have their quarterback plan in place, that has to do with with recognizing whatever that uh, May 1st or is it May 2nd date where contract stuff starts kicking in. So um, I, I think they've got to get it done before then, if I'm not mistaken. You can check it out. I think it's on overthecap.com that I saw that. Um, but at any rate, I, I do believe there is there is a timetable where you want to make sure you're, you know, getting to it before May. Yeah, of course. But I, I think that's, you know, almost it, it, it is can't drag into May. I, I, I'm curious if it will drag into, you know, 
mid-March. I, I wonder if Ryan Poles goes to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and starts to talk to people, and by the time that he gets out of town, before the league year begins, that he strikes a deal. Number one, not so much to remove the anxiety as he alluded to last year. This is a different scenario. But secondly, I think most importantly, teams want to be settled at their quarterback position as much as they can going into free agency. And as we said the other day, the three biggest free agents available at that position are Russell Wilson and Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. Hmm. Not in that order. But where's Kirk Cousins going to land? If he goes back to Minnesota, fine. That's one less team that you can trade with. And I don't think the Vikings are in the trade conversation necessarily. But Russell Wilson's next home could affect the way the Bears behave or act or look uh, for a, a trade partner with Justin Fields. You think Denver could be a trade partner? Is that what you mean? I'm wondering if they would get involved. I know that they, you know, Sean Payton is on record as coveting Caleb Williams. I don't know if that would be the move. I don't think they're going to trade that pick. But Denver is unsettled at the quarterback position and I don't know what Ju- I don't know what Sean Payton thinks of Justin Fields. I think there's so much that we place yeah. on scheme fit and skill. Yes. Do you see that as a skill to fit that scheme? I don't know, but I also wouldn't underestimate Sean Payton who created Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I would ever underestimate Sean Payton's ability to get the most out of every quarterback that he coaches. So I think maybe. Do you? Um, you know, I, I, look, I think that when you start talking about the, the teams that have been mentioned most often are Atlanta and, and Pittsburgh is getting a lot of play because Mike Tomlin is said to like him and like the running ability of a quarterback period and story. So um, I, I think those are both like intriguing possibilities. The, the, the idea of Atlanta, think about how bad the NFC South is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that is real. So if you're, and, and I don't think New Orleans is looking to make a change or anything, but if you were a team like that, would you be interested in a guy like Fields, and could could he come in and compete for the starting job in New there? Orleans? No. Okay. Derek Carr's so your guy. You feel like they've Derek Carr's your guy, and Andrew Janoko is going to coach Derek Carr to greatness. Okay. They hired him yesterday. Yeah, I saw. By that. the way, that's good. He got another job. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, you like seeing people get can, jobs. Can I get back to the interview with with Justin Fields for a moment, please? Please. You know what the saddest moment of that interview was? The saddest moment was that he has spent three years in Chicago and maybe saying goodbye on his way out. And he was asked about his favorite memory. And this was his favorite memory. We got that? Then we have that yet. All right. Here it is. I mean, I, I would say probably the first game, the first preseason game, bro. Because if you ask me when I'm a – Sophomore in high school, like if that I'm going, or if you tell me that I'm going to the league, you feel me? I'm gonna be playing for the Bears and that. Like I'm saying, nah, you you tripping? Because if I got to set up my whole plan, my whole life plan at in tenth grade, I would say, all right, bet I want to walk on at a school like Clemson. I just want to be on the team. I don't even got to play. I just want to be on the team and get my degree and then work an office job. That's how I thought my life was going to go out. But I just kept getting better. And, um, of course, my goals started changing. But really just 
being out there, like being out there on the field, actually playing, I would say is my favorite memory because shoot, I never would have thought I would have made it. So how, how, what's wrong with that is the happiest memory. I think it's, you, I, you're looking for like a great meal he had downtown. No, no. I'm looking at it as in three years as the Bears quarterback, the most indelible image in his memory is a preseason game where he. But it's his first game uh, in the NFL, and nothing and it's he, like a dream that's come true. And nothing else the Bears accomplished exceeded that. Oh, so you're saying like <laughs> his first playoff game, or his first, he never got to the playoffs? He never and, got okay, there. Not his fault. Uh, t- pretty terrible. Not team his fault. Him. But that's the sadness, and that's yeah. where I think when we talk about eliciting sympathy is he cast as a sympathetic figure. When you hear him say the highlight of his Bears tenure was his first preseason game but and never got better than that? that? But that's more about a guy making it in the NFL. That's more about, you know, you, you – um, and he wasn't the starter at that point, right? They, they still he had – He wasn't. Uh, he was – What's his According name to Josh here? Lucas, he was at that point being very uncomfortable with Andy Dalton as a starter. Mm. Andy Dalton was the starter, and and he was behind him. Yes, and uh, a and friction. He, and he got into a game, and there he is in the NFL. And you know, when he was in tenth grade, he never thought it would happen. I I think that's cool. I think that's a fun thing for him to think about. I I mean, obviously, I, I think it speaks to Pat just Mahomes how, is one of few. I, I think it speaks to how much futility this franchise has experienced when your starting quarterback for the last three seasons is about to leave town in his favorite memory. There's the no doubt about indelible that. Indelible image is a preseason game that doesn't matter because none of the other games he played in really rose to the significance that they mattered either. Yeah, no, there there is absolutely no doubt about that, um, that, that there has been a lot of futility. And I, again, during the era where Justin Fields has played for the Bears, there's been a lot of futility. They, the best season they had was was last year when they lost 10 games. So I think that you got to keep all of that in perspective. But, you know, the, there was a season there where the coach was on the way out and it was a really tough one where he's forced onto the field as a starter and they're, they're like, oh, my God, we can't protect him. Let's go empty backfield. Uh, and then he's going to get the ball out faster, and he doesn't do that, and he gets sacked about – what was it? Thirty-seven times, a hundred and five times against the Cleveland that game. Holy cow! Took a lot of hits in that one. Um, then you get to the next year, you get rid of everybody. You're gonna you're gonna dump the year, and you're gonna get the first overall pick. Uh, that's what you're trying to get done. And uh, and lo and behold, you uh, you have a pretty bad year. But he kind of breaks out as the running quarterback that he is. By the way, he thinks he's the best running quarterback in the league. I heard him say that. That's, Better than Lamar Jackson. That's cool. That's cool. That? I like that confidence. How about seven yeah. away coming and at then, me? And then yesterday, in, or excuse me, last year. Well, why, why is seven away Texas asking me if I hate Santa Claus too? Um, why do I hate? Well, what, we what's know. Hateful, what's hateful about what I just said? Well, we know you don't like the Easter Bunny. And I think <laughs> it comes back to whatever mythological <laughs> figure in that I, guy's mind. Betty the Bull? You're, you're kind of messing with. Benny the Bull, you had issues with Benny I know. The Bull. I mean, that, is that Benny the Bull mascots now? Do not mess with David on deadline, Benny, or anyone like you. There, I didn't think there was anything wrong with saying that, that Justin Fields' pre, uh, preseason debut was an odd thing for him to have the most in, the most favorite memory. 
from All his right. tenure. We'll get back to this, and we'll talk about David's hates of, uh, <laughs> of famous mythological figures, including Justin Fields. Uh, apparently, that's what he's saying. It just fills the Santa Claus. I don't. I don't get it. But uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Is um, is Cody Bellinger going to be a Chicago Cub? Hope we're going to so. ask that question of John Heyman. We'll bring in our guy John. We'll talk to him next. It's uh, it's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio six seven. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. John Heyman, insider for MLB Network. Chicago is watching carefully, no question about it. New York Post columnist, curb your enthusiasm enthusiast. You hate people. Well, I hate people individually, but I love mankind. John Heyman with Mully and Haw. I like the White Sox. You never know with the Cubs. On 670 The Score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And now joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline is John Heyman. Download the Circus Sports app today. John, good morning. Always a joy, buddy. How are you? I'm good. It could be an action-packed show. The guy next to me at Starbucks who's already smoking just came up to me and asked me if I had any extra cigarettes. So <laughs> wow. I'll be able to send him off here for a while for the next 20 minutes. But good to be back on with you guys. Oh, it's great to have you. Yeah, and, and we got, you know, I guess there's news going on. There is a Boris client that may be signing with the Yankees. At least there's rumors that they're finishing up that deal. Could that mean that the Boris clients are all getting ready to sign, maybe even a deal with the Cubs? Come on. I wouldn't count on it. Sorry about that. Uh, You know, in terms of Snell and the Yankees, first of all, I mean, we know that uh, they had made an offer to him. Uh, This is going back six weeks ago. My understanding is they were something like $125 million apart. So not very close at that point. Now, they do seem to be loosening a bit. The Yankees had said they were done once they got Stroman. Lately, it's more like, well, Boris hasn't dropped his price yet. We'll see. Uh, but right now, I don't, I, I'm not even sure that one is close. So I'm not counting on any of them right now. They're in a stare down. Eventually, uh, these teams need to get better and these players need to sign. It's certainly not good that the Cubs are basically holding a tryout at third base and that Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger and the others are still out there looking for jobs. So, John, what was your impression of the way Tom Ricketts handled the public part of the Scott Boris conversation the other day when he essentially called out Scott Boris and said that Scott's M.O. is to get the owner involved, and he's not going to do that because that's Jed Hoyer's job and he's going to let Jed Hoyer do his job. Was that a smart thing to do if you're Tom Ricketts? 
I mean, I, I would say that's neutral. I, I would say that is true. I mean, he certainly uh, used to get Ted Lerner involved with the Nats, and uh, they won a championship. Uh, he got the Texas owner involved uh, with his players, uh, Semyon and Seeger, and they, they won a championship. I mean, obviously it behooves Boris to get the best contract that he can, but you know, obviously he has the best players, too. So, you know, you get the best players, you have the best chance to win a championship. I mean, to me, I think this just goes along the lines of Ricketts really wanting a deal rather than worrying about winning another championship. So, you know, the, the teams that have won a championship recently, and I'll put the Cubs in that category, that was fairly recently, they seem to be a little more satisfied. I mean, Texas certainly lost its DH. They lost Montgomery. They aren't moving anytime soon quickly. Uh, Boston has come in last place three of the last four years, but they did win four championships in this century more than anyone else. They're not doing anything at the moment. Uh, You know, these teams that have won championships recently just don't seem to be moving at this moment. It's kind of interesting, I think, John, that like when we – Think about Bellinger and the Cubs and what an obvious match that is. We also, you know, you do wonder, should they outbid themselves, right? If there is not another legitimate bidder, what is the point of, of let's say you want to give him 185 and he demanded 220, and I don't know what the numbers are. But why, why do you have to jump if there isn't a market for him because of, fear of regression, whatever it may be? Well, I think they don't know what the market is. They don't know what the other teams are doing. I think at this point, you know, the fact that nobody is signing, that nobody's budging. I mean, you've got, you know, the two best position players out there, not counting Otani as a position player. He's a hitter. Two best position players, Chapman, Bellinger. You've got the, the next best DH with J.D. Martinez, mm-hmm. and you've got about 15 other players out there. I, I guess you can assume that nobody's doing much of anything, and you can wait it out. I mean, this stance has been – this is a record. I mean, this has been going on since the uh, GM meeting because uh, I can remember being out in Arizona there with Scott Boris and when he gave his speech, and he basically said that, uh, you know, suggested the Cubs had made an offer, and they weren't close. Uh, at this point, we don't know if they're close now. I mean, the, the the gamble is that he doesn't sign elsewhere. You know, maybe the Angels wake up. Obviously, they lost Otani. They could use him. Toronto uh, has lost Chapman, so they could use probably Chapman back or Bellinger. Uh, you know, there are a lot of teams that look like they've taken a step back at this point, and uh, you're risking not getting him. Um, you know, if you don't get him, what have you done? You've signed Imanaga, who's a mid-rotation starter. You've gotten a, a manager with a great reputation, but are you now the favorite in the NL Central? Uh, to me, I doubt it. No. So let's talk about the White Sox. Here in Chicago, John, Jerry Reinsdorf is waging a PR campaign very clumsily the last couple of days. He appeared in front of legislators in Springfield asking for a billion dollars in subsidies for a new ballpark, and then he spoke to Crane Chicago business and talked about how the restrictions of having the ballpark at 35th and Shields and we can't generate the revenue needed to pay those salaries so is the threat of the move is there the threat of a lot of things are implied can you email Jerry to get him to respond to an interview so you can tell us what's really going on what's your reaction to all this well you know I guess I can try emailing him uh you know uh you know I I think, uh, you know, he'd have a better case if, if the White Sox 
was spending and had a better team right now. Uh, I think it's hard to convince people to spend on a team that, you know, looks like it's a rebuild. It is a rebuilding team, uh, at least for this year. And, and I, you know, I don't blame the GM. I think that they're doing the right thing and retrenching at this moment. But, uh, uh, you know, you're going to have to uh, – if the revenues are better in, in, in on the west side – uh, maybe he can contribute a lot more to building the new stadium because he'll be getting the revenues, right? So, uh, you know, I, I, you're not asking the right guy because it's, it's nothing with Jerry. I like Jerry, but uh, to me, spend public money to subsidize billionaires, I'm really not in favor, generally. <laughs> a lot of people have an issue with that, John. In terms of on the field for the White Sox, they're going to have – it looks like four new position starters at catcher, shortstop, second base, and right field, and they've unveiled their new acronym. Are you ready? This is it. FAST. They want to play fast. Fearless, aggressive, selfless, technically sound. So um, I don't know if Aloy – the idea of Aloy playing fast indicates a pulled hamstring, the idea of um, – of I don't know the first baseman attempting to play fast. Uh, that is another one. I don't know how you get guys to be faster, but they got an acronym, so they're on the right path. What do you think? All right. Well, Mazel tough for them for the acronym. I don't think the technically sound thing really works. I think you need one word there with T. But other than that, I'm okay with the acronym. Uh, as far as the team, look, I think that uh, – Chris Getz did a good job with what he has to work with. He emphasized defense. I think that probably is a good way to go uh, with a bigger market team in New York, much even bigger market team in New York. Uh, David Stearns did the same thing. And, uh, you know, I think defense is still probably undervalued. You know, uh, DeYoung is one of the best defensive shortstops in the game, and you're able to get him at, at a million and a half. And, it, frankly, now if he was still out there, he probably wouldn't even get that. So, um you know, I think they've done a good job with what they have to work with. And, uh, you know, I, I have more faith in him now than when they hired him. But, uh, mm. you know, an acronym is not going to uh, get you a pennant. So, John, back to Bellinger Watch. There's a belief that the Cubs are really the only team in a position to sign him. Have you heard otherwise? And as for Matt Chapman, where else might he land if he isn't with the Cubs? Because they do have a plan at third base. Yes, they are holding what amounts to open tryouts, but they also might be wanting to keep that clear because they have a youngster in Matt Shaw ascending through the minors pretty quickly. Right. I mean, with Bellinger, I mean, he hit 306 last year, 881 OPS. He's finished in the top 10 MVP three times, winning at once, second uh, once, and last year in the top 10. So, uh, you know, I mean, I understand that he's not a perfect player. He's had ups and downs after the injury in 2020 with the uh, fist bump in the World Series with Kike Hernandez. Still out of work, by the way. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't the same for a couple of years. So I, I get it. These aren't perfect players. This isn't Mike Trout in his prime. It's not Gary Cole. It's, I, I get it. But, uh, I, I mean, there is a risk. There are 29 other teams. I mean, you know he's not going to – the Marlins. You know he's not to go to some teams, but there still are a number of teams that would be happy to have uh, Cody Bellinger, and uh, at some point, uh, he may take one of those other offers. As far as Chapman goes, I mean, he did not have a great year last year. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like the Jays have been signing guys up, so, you know, they did get Turner, they did get 
uh, Eduardo Escobar. It would be odd for him to go there at this point. I can see the Giants still, although they went to arbitration with J.D. Davis. So, you know, it's a little harder for the third baseman. The guy who's a center fielder who can play first base, can obviously play the corners, he's got four positions. There are 30 teams. I I would not guarantee that Bellinger has no other options. Chapman, Mm. you know, I'm having a little more trouble finding exactly what landing spot he has. The the Cubs, when we look at them, the change of manager, obviously that's the huge move. We're expecting uh, great things from the manager in terms of player development, working with the younger guys. I guess we're just surprised that they haven't, improve the talent to the point where you could say, yeah, they, they're up and running in the same fashion they were a year ago. It seems like unless they get Bellinger in here, they're looking to to win in a different fashion and, and maybe take advantage of a managerial bump. <laughs> You're not the only one surprised. I'm sure Craig Council is surprised too. I mean, not that he's <laughs> going to complain. He is making $8 million a year. Uh, I mean, obviously that, you know, I like David Ross. I did not think they needed help there, but Council is one of the better managers in the game. To me, if anyone deserves $8 million, it's probably Bruce Bochy, who's won four World Series in upsets. That, that's the guy who's the best manager in the game. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I guess you can feel that it's maybe an improvement of a game or two. I don't know, but, uh, you know, they're acting like a mid-market team. In terms of revenues, they are maybe not the Yankees, not the Dodgers, not the Red Sox, but, you know, they, they might be fourth or fifth. So they're not acting that way. And uh, to me, uh, this will be quite a disappointment if Bellinger does go somewhere else. And, and I'm not ruling that out at this point. I mean, wh- how, how can you? The guy's got four positions. Uh, a lot of teams would like to have Bellinger, although nobody, nobody's doing anything right now, which is a little weird. I mean, there's like 20 pretty good position players or hitters still out there without jobs, and Ahmed Rosario, who's a pretty good player, just signed for a million bu- a million and a half bucks. So, wow. you know, maybe they're just counting on, uh, you know, everybody feels like they're at their budget. I don't know. But to me, Bellinger is Tim a pretty darn good player. Tim Anderson's in that boat. I mean, he's not oh, getting right, much. Right. He's going to get $2 million maybe in Miami. Uh, John, is yeah, that what's going to happen? Are there going to be, like, a ton of, like, one-year uh, low contract? One, You know what I mean? Is this going to be yeah. short-term uh, low money contracts. Yeah, I mean the guys like Tim Anderson, who had a terrible year last year, yeah. has been a good player in the past. Uh, they're going to have to sign a one-year deal unless they want a two-year deal at very low pay, which I doubt because he's going to have to figure he's going to come back and do better. Uh, yeah, I mean I think almost all these guys are going to get one-year deals. Not Bellinger, not Chapman, uh, maybe M- Martinez if Texas decides to replace its uh, its guy at. Um, DH, but basically, yeah, I think these other guys, and there are about 15 of them, are either going to get one-year deals or they're going to get NRIs, non-roster invite, which is non-guaranteed deals. Uh, you know, uh, it was a weak market for position players, but a lot of these players are major league players, and uh, they're really uh, scrapping out there. I, I don't put, I mean, to me, Bellinger, I don't know what his a mindset is at this point, uh, but I mean, we just started spring training. I, I mean, I think he probably has some patience, uh, and he should get a good deal somewhere with somebody. Uh, so, I, I for him, him is not a guy that should worry, but these other guys should be very worried. Great stuff, John. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up with you as Thanks, always, John. All right, good talking to you guys. That is our guy, John Heyman. 
a ton of fun to talk to John. Did you see uh, Pete Crow Armstrong? Have you seen what he's done? Blue hair? Blue hair. Yeah. Cubby blue. He's all in. Unlike the uniform. Does that bother you? You okay the, with that? The new uniforms aren't Cubby blue. Oh, the see new uniforms are just odd. Yeah, they're odd. Nico Horner talked about it. He's very diplomatic on Saturday. Talked Dansby about- Swanson yeah. criticized it for not being the Cub blue. So they, they it's gotta, not cubby blue. No, they've they're going to have to figure out a way to match PCA's hair. I I think his hair looks fine. That's what all the kids are doing these days. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven and score. Well, my prediction is going to be PCA, Pete Crow Armstrong. So a Cubs outfielder will be the biggest star in Chicago by the year twenty twenty eight. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Go Cats. Go Cats. How about Northwestern news breaking yesterday out of the Wildcat report? This is interesting Yeah, on a couple different levels. One, Northwestern is, is local and also involves the Packers. WBAY reports from the Wildcat report. Because of what's going on at Ryan Field, you know it's being – The read, they're going to – Build a new stadium. Yeah. It's being demolished. They're being uh, – They're building a stadium making progress. So, they can, so they can have concerts for all the locals. Can't play football there, though. <laughs> Can't play football there if they're going to have music here. Not next right. year. So – I thought they were moving to Wrigley Field. I think Did they're I playing not read a game that? there. Just one? I don't know if they have released exactly how many games they will play, but what's interesting to me is that where they will play on October 19th. Okay. It's scheduled to host Wisconsin on October 19th. But Wisconsin, that's good. But instead of having a home game in Evanston against the Badgers, they will go to Lambeau Field and play Wisconsin in its home state, in its backyard, in Green Bay. Okay, time out. According to the Wildcat Report. Northwestern. Yes. Will play a home game in Lambeau Field. Mm Mm-hmm. Against Wisconsin, that's doing a that's doing an alum a solid. Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, you are definitely going but, above but, and beyond. But, but don't play Wisconsin there. I, that'll I be know. that'll be packed with uh, Wisconsin. It's going to be all red, hmm. right? I, I it's a tough ask. For I David remember Braun. being in a really hot summer day, being up uh, at uh, at Green Bay for a practice. And it was, I did not have a hat with me. So I went over and bought a, a hat at like the cheapest hat you could get at whatever the closest store was. And it was a Wisconsin uh, hat. It was a University of Wisconsin football mm-hmm. hat. And it was you know, maybe $3. And, um, and everyone was having fun with the idea that I was wearing a Wisconsin football hat at practice for the the Packers that I had gone Wisconsin. And I just can't imagine that actually being a home game. It might be a big draw. You might get, you might get paid quite a bit, right? If you sell it out, aren't you, if it's a home game, yeah, I think that you're you making some money. 81,000 seats is more than what they could get at Ryan field. And you'll get that Wisconsin draw from that. Yes, but it is not a competitive advantage. In fact, I would go so far to say, Mr. David, that's a competitive disadvantage. I would liken it to what happens in the MAC when when programs like my beloved Ball State will sign 
an agreement to play, say, Georgia and go down and get their brains beaten in. But you know what? They're going to cash the check. So it's going to be lucrative from a Northwestern standpoint. There's going to be 81,000 people there. A lot of them will be wearing red. Not but fair to the kids. It's a home game. It's not fair to the kids. I don't disagree with that. Not, not only that, it's not fair to the Big Ten because you're giving an extra home game to Wisconsin. Hmm. Just saying. If, 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 I'm, if I'm the Big Ten, I'd be pretty miffed if that is actually going to happen. It's not official, apparently. Derek Gregg did tell a group of alumni in New York City, according to the report, but – it has been circulated, and it does look like it's feasible October 19th. And people have understandably reacted in a way that it wouldn't be positive or receptive to such a plan. It's a, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea for the yeah. football program, a good idea for the, for the athletic coffers. Oh, I, again. But I don't I, think it's, it's worth it. No. You're giving away a game, and if I'm in the Big Ten and I'm competing against Wisconsin, why should they get an extra home game? That's what you're doing. You're you're basically selling a home game, and uh, and you're gonna as you say you're gonna bring in money, but how does that help you in terms of being able to compete on the field? Two other games are scheduled tentatively. Again, Derek Gregg and the university is responding yeah. by not responding or saying they're still exploring options. October fifth, Indiana at SeatGeek Stadium. Hmm, that's an interesting venue. And then November sixteenth. Well, I'm sorry. Go back. Where? SeatGeek Stadium. Where's that? Uh, Bridgeview. Oh, oh, that's the fire. I believe so. Stadium. Yeah, I've been there. That is a very intimate stadium. That is a good place to watch a sporting event. I I, I like it. Yeah, I, I've been to fire games there. I covered yes. a couple. Uh, You're right on top of there. the action. It's yeah, good. I think it's uh, yeah, and it's probably appropriate for Northwestern Indiana. Yeah, You're not going to get that huge of a crowd. You couldn't play that one in Indy. <laughs> Lucas Oil Stadium. Hey, you can't cash another check. Maybe because you don't. You don't have a former. You don't have a Northwestern guy nope. running the no team. No alums running the Colts. Yeah, uh, I don't okay. think so. And then November sixteenth, I think this is where you will be. Okay, because your Ohio State Buckeyes here I go are scheduled to be playing Northwestern at Wrigley Field. See, okay. That's uh, so you heard correctly. Again, that you know that's tentative. okay. Tentative. That's, no, no. They, they, they. I, I had read somewhere that they were going to try to play some games at Wrigley, and I think that's super cool. I think that's tons of fun, and I would, uh, I would applaud that. I have absolutely zero problem with them playing uh, at Wrigley because it's relatively close. It's a short L ride from campus, right? You can. Uh, you can get on the – I don't even know what line it is. I haven't been on the L in a while. But, you know, you can get on the purple line, I suppose, from Evanston and then get to uh, Wrigley fairly quickly. Soldier Field also in the mix for a September 1st game if they move it back a day. Mm-hmm. So that is possible they get involved as well as why not? Guaranteed rate field, get in on the action and go make Jerry Reinsdorf some money, some residual money maybe off of that experience so he won't be crying poor. But Northwestern has um, some options here, exploring every one of them. There are some venues they're going to have to use because the new place isn't supposed to be ready to go until 2026. Yeah. Are they going to go down to Champaign and play there like the Bears did? <laughs> I hope not because no. that would be playing in the rival's building. Well, as opposed to what? As opposed to Lambeau Field? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Honestly, you gotta, I got I to gotta make a phone call on that one now. That is all about the green, not the green and gold. That's all about the green. Yeah, all right.
312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.